Hello, and welcome to Still No Plan. I'm Jordan Granger. And I'm Autumn Webb, and we are so happy you're here. Hello. Hi, how are we doing? I'm good. I'm Autumn and I just got back from a trip in Idaho with all of our friends. It was such a great time, but I'm still like, I. it was a very restful weekend, but mm-hmm. that much socializing, I'm always just so tired. That's why I feel too. Like we were all saying like, oh, it's great. We didn't really drink. So we're going to come back and just be ready for the week. But still it's like my social battery is a bit drained. <laughs> like I don't really want to talk to anyone for like a few days maybe. <laughs> Yeah. Just to like, you know, decompress. But like overall, it was so, so, so fun. And mm-hmm. we were all saying that was like the best trip we've had ever together. Yeah. And it was probably just because it was the only trip that we've ever had that wasn't like so rushed to like do things yeah. and on the go. We just got to like relax and do whatever we wanted. Like we were all taking midday naps. Mm-hmm. <laughs> If you told me a few years ago I'd be going on a girl's trip and like taking naps in the middle of the day with you guys, I would not have believed you. And we like uh, read, like everyone kind yeah. of did their own thing. We like woke up and had slow mornings and mm-hmm. made breakfast. I also think it's just a sign of our like growth because probably if we had that trip like sophomore year of college, we wouldn't have said it was the best trip we've ever been on. But I think it's just like what we all really needed. And like, we all were just like, we wanted to like rest and catch up. And also, I think when you live with everyone that you love, like we we lived with all of the people that we went mm-hmm. to Idaho with, there's less pressure on like the trips you take to actually spend time together. But now that like the weekend trips we have are kind of the only times we have together, mm-hmm. it's a lot there's more pressure of like a, we want to catch up. We don't just want to like rush around a city and like not talk to each other. Yeah. It was really fun. It was very special. And we recorded our episode there. So we were able to corner all of our friends. We love them. We gave them no choice. And we asked them each what their one thing that they've learned um, since graduating and like something that surprised them about being an adult an adult in the real world. And it was really fun. It was fun to hear all of their answers and kind of catch up with all of them like that. And then Autumn and I are going to share ours as well. Yeah. We kind of just ambushed them. There was no option. It was you were all participating and this is the question and you have five minutes and we're going to summon you each upstairs to record this. Yeah. I think it was kind of like um, herd mentality. Like we Mm -hmm. knew that there was enough people that were down that we could just kind of once it started, they were going to like lemming follow us up and, and podcast with us. Well, also, they all say they want to come on the podcast. So it's mm-hmm. like, okay, here's your trial. Run. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you start? What is one thing you've learned since graduating college? Well, we can also do our, our little background of what careers we're in since we oh, yeah, don't really do that. Job. Yes, do that. So I work at Petco and merchandising for dog treats. So it's really fun. I'm a buyer for them. I manage like vendor relationships and just kind of like curate the in-store experience. And I really like doing that, but I'm new at it. One thing that I have learned since graduating or one thing I wish I would have known when I graduated is just to know my worth in the workplace specifically. Like when we graduated, I was so, I had like a desperate mentality in terms of getting a job and I, especially because it was COVID and everywhere was on a hiring freeze, I was very like, I need a job. Like, I'm so scared I'm not going to find one. So I just, 
accepted the first job that I got, like the first company I interviewed with, the first job job offer I received because I was so scared there wouldn't be another one. And I really wish that I would have, you know, one, not been so scared and just would have waited out a little bit longer, like applied to other companies. Like I didn't need, I could have lived with my parents. I didn't, there was no like deadline for me. Mm -hmm. I wasn't getting kicked out. And so I wish I would have just like had more of an abundance mindset in that way and not, because when you give off like a needy energy, I think that you're like attracting those kind of lower frequencies back to you. And that job that I took at Amazon was just so soul sucking, life draining. Like, yes, I learned a lot of good skills and it was a job that I wasn't ready for. Like skill wise, I just like had to step up to the plate, but yeah, I wish I would have just waited it out, but then it brought me to where I am now. But even now in my job here, when I was given the offer, I didn't like negotiate my salary because I was too scared that they would take the offer away if I pushed. I was just wanting to get out of Amazon so badly. Again, I was like giving off like a desperate or needy energy. I was like, I hate this. Please just give me something else. So I didn't even want to ask like, how about we do like 15,000 more, which I I wish I would have because even if I didn't get that 15K more, I, maybe I could have gotten five, a little mm-hmm. bit more, you know? And so that's something that, you know, when I'm going into promotions or like interviewing at other companies, it's just whatever my next role is, wherever it is, I know my worth and I recognize that like I'm a big girl and I can negotiate and I'm, I don't want to give off like a desperate energy. Like whatever comes to me is going to be good for me. Like mm-hmm. if, if I lose this job, get laid off or something like that's okay because something better is coming. Yeah. And um, so yeah, I wish I would just would have, I've learned my worth and I've learned that jobs come and go and like you don't need to just accept the first one that comes to you. I have two comments to that. One is that it's so like when you were saying that I've never really put these two and two together, but it's like dating mm-hmm. when you're like, giving out desperate energy, you're not like drawing energy back to you. You're like Mm -hmm. finding things and you're probably going to find like the wrong things because you're just like clinging on to the first thing that comes your way. And I, it also reminds me of like when you are in a happy and healthy relationship and like all your exes come like sliding back into your DMs and they just like can tell that you're glowing and like you give off that energy. I feel like it's the same thing with jobs. Like if you are in a good stable job and you're like, or not even that if you're giving off the energy that like you're comfortable and you're fine and you don't mm-hmm. need the role, you're like more likely going to attract it. Um, and I also think it's interesting how we have this mentality that for some reason, and this is so common coming out of college, like all of us, I think all of our friends have this mentality, especially when you are getting into like a large name brand mm-hmm. that you like know of your whole life. You're like, you have this belief that for some reason they're doing you a favor by hiring you. And it's like, no, they had an open position and they filled it with you. They wouldn't (laughs) fill it with you if they didn't want you or need you in that position. Like they, especially these brands, like they're getting applications. It's not Mm -hmm. like, oh, like they aren't desperate. And so they're not going to do anything that isn't right for the business And so like they may need to fill a role, but they still are going to make sure it's the right person to fill the role. 
Mm-hmm. So I don't know what that is, like why everyone graduates college and feels like they're like do getting a solid by getting a job. Like it's like no one's doing you favors. You just earned a job. Like you just applied and earned the job. And so I think that's a really good lesson. Good, good choice. Thank you. And what's what's your career title and what's one thing that uh, you wish, well, one thing that you've learned since graduating? Yeah. So I work on sustainability marketing at Xbox and I really love my job and I'm very happy there. It feels like all of my dream things into one job and it's great. I love my team. It's like young women that I'm surrounded by, which is really awesome in the tech world. does not always happen that way. So all in all, job is wonderful. Um, But my lesson is not necessarily job related. It honestly came more this year. I feel like for so many years of my life, I felt like I had already created the person that I was and there was no changing that. And I was stuck as the human that I was. And I honestly didn't really like her. Like I was (laughs) not happy. I had a lot of self-loathing. I wasn't treating myself right. I wasn't, I didn't have respect for myself. Like there was a lot of things that I just felt like, oh, I'm stuck this way. And eventually this new year is actually like when I decided to make all these changes, I realized like all you have to do is just do something else. Mm -hmm. And it sounds really simple and it was really hard to get to that point. But once you get there and you realize that, it actually is really simple. Like all I had to do was start doing other things. And so that's why I brought more hobbies back into my life. That's why I changed my relationship with drinking And there is a level of imposter syndrome in the beginning of like, oh, I'm not the best person here. I shouldn't be doing this. Like, this is so not like me. And it's like, yeah, it is because I'm showing up and I'm doing it. Like, that's Mm -hmm. all it needs to be to be like you. And I think, I mean, we touch on this, but like in college, you are kind of pigeonholed into like whatever brand you make for yourself for four years. And I really didn't like the brand that I made for myself. And then I felt like I was stuck like as that person out of college. And then I realized I don't have to be. And I think graduating does give you a cool opportunity to like decide to be whoever you want. Nobody cares about what you're doing as much as you think they are. And like you really can just pretend to be someone else. And then all of a sudden, eventually you'll like be that person. Fake it so you make it, right? Yeah, exactly. I I posted a TikTok and I was like, you can rebrand yourself. Like you don't have to like – be this one person forever. I think you condition you condition yourself to like be a certain way and then you just continue to repeat those patterns and those thoughts because we're creatures of habit. Like for me, yeah. I'm someone who is very like – I've had the identity of being a scared person, but I'm like I don't want to identify with that anymore. Mm-hmm. Like you can just change it. It's, it sounds like simple and it's definitely harder and there's layers of grief and loss and like roller coaster of emotions that comes with changing who you have been for so long. But you can just do it. Like I've always said I wanted to live in Europe. And I'm like, now I'm trying to like take steps to make that happen. Like life goes by so quickly. If you want to do something, you have to just do it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's like I think the biggest thing, I mean, fake it till you make it. It's like you literally have to pretend. Mm -hmm. But once you start doing the things, eventually it becomes the things you do. Like eventually those things start validating your thought patterns and then your thought patterns will transition and then it feels smooth and seamless. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden you're a new person and all you had to do was pretend to do all the things you wanted to do. Like I remember before I quit drinking or changed my relationship with alcohol, um, I would look at people and be like, I'm so jealous that they can go out and not drink or that they can 
Like I was so envious of people who didn't have the relationship that I had with alcohol. And then all of a sudden I just stopped drinking. And then I was that person. (laughs) That's all it took was like the action. And then eventually my thought patterns changed and I no longer feel like, oh, I'm beholden to alcohol or I'm like stuck in this pattern. Mm -hmm. Like you literally can just rebrand. So that's my biggest lesson. And I think it's really, I mean, you can, I think there's a million ways to explain like manifestation and all of those things. Like there's more scientific explanations. There's more like spiritual woo woo. There's like hustle culture, all these things, but you really, it comes down to like your actions are going to change your behavior and then Mm -hmm. you're going to become something else. And like, if you're thinking and acting a certain way, eventually like those things will come to you. Well, that's why like even just little things like mantras work. Like if you look in the mirror every morning and tell yourself that you're beautiful and that you love your body and you love the way you look, then like one day slowly you'll start to believe it. Like yeah. you, tell your, you have to just literally lie to yourself. If that, if that is a lie to you, mm-hmm. lie to yourself until you actually believe it. Yeah. A hundred percent. And you can, you can feel it the other way. Like I mm. can tell when I start being more negative to myself, like even if it's kind of jokey or like one day off where I'm like, Oh, I'm, feeling bloated, like I hate my body. Mm-hmm. It's like then I'm less likely to be confident in my body the next day. Like yeah. it really you can feel it both directions. So you can really pick like your attitude and your actions, which is a cool thing you can do as an adult. You can just change your life. You can just eat ice cream for dinner. You can do whatever you want. You can literally there do whatever no you rules. want. There are no rules. Literally the only point no is plans. Fun. <laughs> <laughs> no plans, no rules. The only goal is to have fun and be fulfilled. Yeah. Be happy. I just saw something. It's a trending sound on TikTok right now, I think. But it's like, what's the meaning of life in five words? I think it's five or five words or less. And it says to enjoy the passage of time. And Mm -hmm. I was like, oh my God, that's so accurate. Like to not be living for the future, not be like stuck in the past, but just to be like enjoying what's happening right here, right now. Yeah. I love that. Good mantra. Thank you all. I'm excited for you guys to hear the other eight lessons of this episode. And yeah, I think it's going to be a fun one. Let us know what your favorite is. They're all our BFFs. Mm -hmm. Cheers. Hi, Bella. Hey, guys. What's up? I'm Bella, as you know. (laughs) I'm not supposed to. You're supposed to ask me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was going to ask. What do you do for work? (laughs) Okay. For work, I am a consultant for communications media and tech companies which as we all know is like half the west coast Mm -hmm. so i do strategy consulting for them at a very large firm Mm -hmm. awesome and what is one thing you've learned since graduating i think since graduating when i thought back about how i pictured my 20s especially like my early 20s i always thought that it was going to be peak of my life. I was going to have everything figured out, like was going to have somehow all my friends in one place still, like keep up the college social (laughs) life, but also have like an amazing career and like be be, like ready to get married and like have everything figured out in like every capacity and just expected myself to have a have a plan and and stick to that plan and have everything go perfectly. And obviously that didn't happen because of the pandemic and because Life doesn't work that way. And so I think I put a lot of pressure on myself because I felt like everyone else had it figured out and I didn't. And then as soon as I started talking to people about how I felt, I realized they were feeling the same way. 
And that immediately took so much pressure off. And I, I think I've kind of come to realize that the whole point of being in your 20s and being this young is you have you have this time to like figure it out and figure out what you want to do and try a bunch of different things without a ton of pressure. And that's that's the part that's so fun. I think that's why people talk about their 20s being so great because you don't have all this added stress. You can just play around and figure out like what works and what doesn't and what you want to do. And so I wish I would have known that earlier, but mm-hmm. I'm glad I, I figured it out. Yeah. I feel like you really do think like college is the time that you're you're like, I'm a grown person once mm-hmm. I finish college, like period. Like mm-hmm, I am mm-hmm. who I am. And then you're just kind of thrown into it and you're like, oh, I have no idea what I'm doing. And honestly, like college, you learn a lot, but you don't really learn who you are. And honestly, that's probably going to be a pretty solid theme of this episode. Mm -hmm. Like you have so much going on that you don't really actually have the time to be like, who am I? Mm -hmm. And so I feel like you, you almost leave college more confused than going into it, but it's really good. Mm -hmm. And you have... Like you said, like the world is your oyster and you have all these opportunities. Have you done anything like specific to find yourself like exploring new things or like job, like better understanding your job path or anything like that? Yeah, I think um, having confidence in myself is one like I've kind of I think because I've had a lot of anxiety, I've kind of had a hard time confusing that with my intuition sometimes and Mm-hmm. I think recently I've just been trying to, like, take a moment, like, slow down and think about, like, what I actually want to do and not let the anxious voice talk me out of that. Like, sometimes I'm like, oh, I really would like to do this for my career. And then the other part of me comes in, the an- anxious part, and it's like, mm, are you really qualified for that? Like, do you really mm-hmm. think you could do that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and lately I've just been trying to be like, well... No one really, no no one starts out an expert in anything. Like, you gotta, Mm -hmm. you gotta try and, like, you gotta give yourself time to get there. So I might as well go for what I want. Well, your whole thing is all about, like, how you've just been accepting to be okay with no plan. Mm -hmm. Which, as someone with anxiety, that sounds very hard to do. (laughs) And building confidence as someone with anxiety is also very hard to do. So do you have specific, like coping mechanisms to build confidence with anxiety or to trust yourself with anxiety? Like, how do you learn those things while, you know, fighting that constant, like, inner doubt? Like, how do you build confidence if you're Mm -hmm. constantly self-doubting yourself? I think one thing that helped a lot was spending time alone. And that wasn't really by choice. It was just kind of by nature of I ended up traveling a lot this past year and kind of not really having a home base, but enjoying enjoying that because I got to travel and I got to see different people and go different places. But a lot of that, the other side of the coin was I ended up spending a lot of time by myself, whether that was when I was at home visiting family, I ended up alone a lot, or living in my apartment, I ended up alone a lot, when my roommate wasn't around. And I think spending all that time with just me was really helpful in terms of figuring out what I wanted to do. Because in college, like I I was surrounded by people I loved all the time. And so I think naturally like my own goals and my own likes and dislikes were kind of morphed naturally into the groups yeah and so I think kind of having this weird time in the world and especially as a young person um and like living alone for the first time and all that good stuff I think 
that that made me just kind of learn how to sit with myself and have the confidence to do more like self-exploration and start kind of, yeah, I don't know, like ideating on what I actually wanted to do and what that answer was when other people weren't around. I think what's so tough about graduating is that we're sold this vision throughout like our entire childhood where it's like, you go to, you go to school, get good grades in high school so you can go to a good college, you go to a good college, you can get a good job so you can buy a house and get married and have a family. Mm -hmm. And that's how life is. (laughs) You're going to get a perfect job because you went to a perfect school and you're going to make a lot of money and you're never going to have any problems now that you went to this perfect school and sacrificed all these years of learning for it. And then you're like, I did all the things. And, the, <laughs> and that's it. Like interest rates are nine percent, and you can't buy a home. And, yeah. and it's a pandemic, and it's a recession, and everything is scary. And like, yeah. it's actually just, there's scary. no plan after college. When we had this whole vision that like after college, working and having a family, like that was the, that was the goal. And now we're all like, is it though? Like, yeah. Like, do I want to buy a house? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I never thought about that before. Yeah, <laughs> like, I think yeah. they're sold this dream, and then you graduate, and you're like, what happened? Mm-hmm. <laughs> So yeah. it's really hard. <laughs> also, yeah. back to like things that have helped you. I feel like one thing that's helped me a lot with that is identifying which voice in my head is the first person. Mm-hmm. And I think for so much of my life, I thought that the anxious and depressed voice, like the downer voice, was, was the main person. Mm-hmm. And the person fighting against the downer voice was the outside person. Mm-hmm. But it was really the opposite. And so identifying like which one you are and then being able to be like oh that's just the anxiety talking that's not like my actual mm-hmm. thoughts has helped a lot in like building my own confidence because i'm like mm-hmm. now i know which voice in my head is like really me and yeah. what is like external and a lot of anxiety is like manifested by like external things mm-hmm. and so it really is not your own thoughts it's a right. reflection of other things that are happening around you mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think you can just kind of fake it till you make it almost because why <laughs> why would you want to be why would you want your your voice to be you hating yourself? Be the yeah. Like yeah. why would you want to do that? And so I think for a while it, it takes some time to get into the pattern of just believing in yourself, but until you get there, just choose to be like just fuck off to, to me, oh, voice. Oh, like, yeah. Why would you want to live your whole life with that that being like your inner narration? Like yeah. that's not going to do anything good. So yeah, we could do a whole episode on I how know. to change your. We're, we're gonna have all of you guys. <laughs> okay, well, thank you, Bella. Thanks, guys. Love you both. Hello. Hi. <laughs> you want to introduce yourself? Sure. Um, I'm Alexa. Oh, sorry. The whole thing. Sorry. Okay. Um, I'm Alexa, and I work in management consulting at one of the big four consulting companies, and I specifically focus on strategy and operations consulting for technology companies. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on. What is one thing you have learned since graduating college? I would say the best piece of advice that was passed to me and has served me very well is filling your own cup first. So prioritizing the things that make you able to be the best version of yourself and give the best version of yourself to work and people around you and your commitments. So whether that's, you know, working out every day or going for a walk every day, or even just, you know, making breakfast every morning, um, calling your parents every morning, whatever that is that sets you up in the best mindset and allows you to dedicate the energy to the things that, you know, you prioritize in your life. I would say that's the best piece of advice that I've gotten. I I feel like you are really good specifically at balancing fun and self-care. 
that's something I really struggle with. And you talk about filling your cup up. I get to a point where I'm like, this is why you need to fill up my cup. And I have to be on this schedule to fill up my cup. And there's no room for anyone else if I fill up my cup. And so yeah. Yeah. I'm wondering if you have any tips on how to do both because I find myself being too rigid when I want to fill my cup up. And then it ends up like spilling over. And <laughs> so do you have yeah. any specific tips on how you balance fun and self-care to like perform better, be a better friend. I don't know. It's, it's a good question. It's a tough thing, but you're really good at it. Thank you. <laughs> you are. You're just born that way. No, no, no. I would say it's um like routines are really helpful for me. Like I just know that, you know, once I get off work every day, I'm going to like work out and like in the morning, like I make my bed, like I make sure I'm getting breakfast, like routines. And like, once you're in a routine, those things become easy and you know, you're almost not thinking about them. You're like, oh no, it's time for me to go do this. And it's going to, you know, set me up for success later. Mm -hmm. And then also, um, like you said, like making sure after you fill your cup, like you have time for your friends and everything. I am lining up a lot of the things that I do with my friends and like outside of work and stuff with things that are also like Mm -hmm. filling my cup. Mm -hmm. So making sure that those things are lining up, whether that's taking weekend trips where we're going skiing or, you know, Allie and I will literally take a board game down to the corner of the street, to the bodega at the corner of the street and go play Mm -hmm. board games. And like that fills both of our cups. Yeah. It's like stuff like that. So like aligning where we can and then just, you know, like your social time can be working out and it can be a a cup. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because I think that's, that's where I struggle. Yeah. Like all of my cup fillers and then I have no social time. Exactly. That's a a good tip. Yeah. And you guys know, I live in a big house with a a ton of people. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. working out for me is also my time when I'm like alone and talking to no one. I I walk there. (laughs) I'm alone. I'm usually, I don't even listen to music. I'm like, I just want to be alone. Like walk Mm -hmm. there. It's a mile Mm -hmm. walk, work out, walk back. And I'm like, two hours of no talking and like my brain is off and it's great. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say like kind of following up on that. Do you, I feel like you guys moved into like a big college house right after college and it's kind of like mini USC, which is so fun. And like we, Maddie, Zoe, we've all talked, we've all talked about (laughs) it. We're all jealous. (laughs) So (laughs) we love that. But I'm curious, like if there's anything you've done to, differentiate from college Mm -hmm. and like feel still more independent like you're growing up and like I know this social dynamics have changed so like how has that transition been yeah I would say and I don't know what everybody else has said but it has been really lucky because so I was the last one to move into the house and so when I moved home after college and after Belle and I had gone to on our trip to St. Thomas I felt that where I was like whoa I'm constantly not around my friends and not around Mm -hmm. people and I can't walk outside and it's not constant stimulation And I felt that, like, loss, and Mm -hmm. it was, like, a whole two months of that. And so I did feel that, and I was really grateful when I did move into the house because it kind of, like, replenished me in a way. Yeah. But um, because I'd felt that, I was like, okay, I need to make sure that I'm setting myself up in a way that, like, I'm not dependent on the constant stimulation and I'm still, like, happy in my life in a way, like, independently. Like, I'm doing – I'm making that for myself. What do I do now that keeps (laughs) that up? I mean, I would say we're all pretty – like, we wake up in the morning and we all – leave and go do our things and we're working and we all go work out and then we come together and yeah. it's nice to you know make our own meals and like whether we're watching a movie at home um at night and seeing the boys downstairs it is a good routine but I would say the differentiator comes on the weekends when like if there's something that you really want to get done like if Ali wants to go read or if I want to go like train for the swim that I'm doing or anything like that I think it comes in there like prioritizing yourself over the FOMO or the friend group. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like Andy will disappear all of Sunday and it's kind of a running joke that we don't see Andy on Sundays, but it's him prioritizing <laughs> himself. And so yeah. I think we've all realized it um, and we do a pretty good job. Yeah. I would say. Yeah. Yeah. I think you guys have a really great 
dynamic and balance of all of it. Like, and I, I also think it seems like it's been a learned skill. Like, I remember mm-hmm. in the beginning, you would kind of come home randomly and be like, yeah. I'm tired. <laughs> like, you're just like, you yeah. literally have to like remove yourself from the situation. And yeah. now you guys kind of have figured out a way to have it in your mm-hmm. daily routine. So yeah. you're not like all or nothing mindset. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And what I was talking about the, at the fire last night, the campfire about just like, finally feeling content and not feeling like I need to like know my next move or like that I'm mm-hmm. playing the next move. It plays into that because, because I'm like feeling balanced and I found a routine. I'm like, okay, like this is fine. Like we don't need to constantly think about the next step. Like this yeah. is good. You're living the life that you want to live and you're getting everything done that you want to do. And like, that's been a really good feeling. So that's mm-hmm. also been helpful. Yeah. Hi everyone. My name is Natalie Godby. I am a content wizard of sorts freelance content strategist, marketing strategist, a bunch of different roles under one hat, um, living in Los Angeles. And I'm very excited to share a little bit of uh, my expertise and wizardry with you today. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on. So what is one thing that you have learned since graduating college? One thing I've learned since graduating college, amongst finishing in such a crazy time, along with both of you, peak pandemic, March 2020, is that really no matter how locked in you are to a plan or a vision that you see for yourself, you can have everything lined up, but you got to stay flexible and you got to stay open. And I've experienced that having faith in yourself, believing in doing what you love, great opportunity and great people will find you as long as you're putting that kind of energy out into the world You can take that as juju, spiritual, (laughs) universe has my back as you want. But the root of it is if you're following what you love and you're surrounding yourself with great people, you'll continue to find yourself in supportive rooms and just kind of dance with all of the crazy changes and obstacles that come your way. And you'll just look back and go, wow, I can't believe I ever thought I was going to end up somewhere differently. Mm -hmm. Stay open. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's almost like if you have a strong base, like, whatever happens at the surface is, like, fine. Like, you'll get through it. hmm Do you have, like, kind of, like, tools that you used to be more resilient or have used to be more resilient? Hmm. I think knowing your value and sticking to that is incredibly important. I am freelance in what I do, which leaves a lot of opportunities for... You know, you can get into situations or you just got to know your worth and stand your ground. And sometimes that means saying no to things. Sometimes that means leaving situations that maybe you thought you never would. Um, I think that can be applied to work and to personal lives. But I think just staying confident in yourself, too. And just like the fake it till you make it mindset, especially in freelance work, um, you know, you are the expert and you are what people are coming to you for your expertise. And even sometimes, you know, you get crazy imposter syndrome, but just staying confident in your abilities and um, focusing on developing them, not only in like a technical way, but developing yourself as a person alongside that. I think it's really important to just keep that like well-rounded growth mindset um, to avoid ever feeling like, you know, you shouldn't be there. I think having an abundance mindset is really key if you're going to do freelance too, or just in general. But being able to say no to a job that doesn't quite align with your values just because you know something else will come. 
also allows you to stick true to your core beliefs and not take a job that actually like undermines your skills or creativity or like kind of cuts into your morals in a way, totally. which is really hard to do when you're like, what, 24? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And is there any tips that you have for other people who are trying to pursue freelance work? Like, how do you have the strength to say no to a job when you don't know when your next paycheck might be coming? Right. It's not going to be in line with what kind of work you want to put out there. The abundance mindset, like you said, is so important because if you have that sort of panicked or desperate energy just in how you're thinking of yourself, like, Mm -hmm. wow, I really got to make sure that I'm saving for this job because I don't know when the next one is going to be. You're just going to be a little bit miserable. All the opportunities I have now have been through mutual friends and organic friendships and relationships that once you're kind of in the groove of things and you kind of find your niche, people are going to refer you or they're going to come to you and say, hey, do you have any friends that are in this this world? And especially if you're in, you know, content, marketing, social media, that whole world, it's really on kind of a referral basis, which is something that, again, I kind of wish I knew maybe in school because it's really just about relationships and connections, but not in like a, you know, hoity-toity connections way. But just being like a hard worker and keeping an open mind and being flexible, there's always people that are going to, you know, refer you or ask you for referrals of yourself um, for your own network. So it's interesting, like you kind of talked about it earlier, but the line between like spirituality and like hustle culture is like pretty thin. And if you really Mm -hmm. like look at a lot of the narrative, it's similar. And I think it's important to remember that like even just changing your mindset, like you can call that hustle like change your mindset to like the grind mindset or you can call like an abundant mindset on the spiritual (laughs) side Mm -hmm. it's just like being more willing and resilient and knowing that what is for you will come to you Mm -hmm. will keep you so much more confident i also think like when things are going well it feels easy which is scary because you're like it shouldn't be easy to have my dream job Mm -hmm. but it's like no it is because you're like living with ease and Mm -hmm. you're like living with confidence so i think if you ask me what my dream job would be in middle of college or something, you know, studying very agency-focused marketing pathways, I would have wanted to be, like, up at 6 a.m., going to SoulCycle, living in, like, the west side of L.A., because that's just what I thought success looked like for the path I was on. And now I'm freelancing, working for a handful of brands, working with people that, you know, I'm meeting in the past six months that have kind of changed my life. And to me, that's sort of what dream job feels like, is the amount of flexibility I have Mm-hmm. I have so much time to just actually focus on having a really balanced, healthy life, balanced, healthy relationships. Like that to me is a dream job because it's like dream Natalie. It's like, yeah. I'm not sacrificing anything. And then it's dream life. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then your work, your work is a reflection of that because you're happy and you have space. So mm-hmm. I think I'm really proud of that shift. And I try to kind of encourage that with people that I'm having conversations about career, especially if it's kind of in a similar world. It's just like, make sure you're happy and make sure that you have space to continue to develop, especially at this age, which you guys talk about so much. Mm -hmm. I think that's so important. Also the ease of being probably helps you be a lot more creative too. Mm -hmm. If you're just like in a good mindset and in a flow, Mm -hmm. you can give more because you have more to give in that way. Yeah. When you're like stressed and locked down, you're not going to be able to be creative or totally. create anything meaningful or Especially purposeful. When you are solo, I think, I mean, I could talk about that for a long time is freelance is very isolating is the wrong word, but you got to make active efforts to stay connected with the pe- the people, the teams, like 
make sure you're staying inspired and stuff. And a lot mm-hmm. of that for me has come with just making sure that I'm feeling great yeah. independently um, so that you can like keep that, you know, keep the machine turning and, and stay inspired and stay motivated. Hi, Liv. Hey, guys. Um, my name is Olivia. I am currently working at Salesforce as a cloud go-to-market strategy analyst. Um, sounds a lot more exciting than it probably <laughs> is. Um, but yeah, really excited to be here. Awesome. Thanks for coming on. What is one thing you have learned since graduating? Um, I mean, I've learned a lot, but I think the biggest thing for me that I wish I knew earlier and would highly recommend to anyone else is to really learn and invest in your future in terms of finances, um, specifically personal finances, understanding like how much, not only like how much money you're making every month and actually getting, but also what you're doing with that money and how to properly invest it. Um, I graduated college, had a debit card that was linked to my parents, like <laughs> a larger accounts and never had a credit card, never had done anything with money other than put it in a savings account. And thankfully had a really great mentor who was a year older than me at my first job. And she sat me down and basically laid out the importance of not only saving money, but also investing that saved money and diversifying your portfolio, diversifying your streams of income, if that's possible. Um, and ultimately understanding how you're spending money and how to better save for your future. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think the best thing you can possibly do initially is get a really good understanding of how much you're making, how get a rough estimate of how much you should be needing in terms of expenses every month. And then ultimately like setting a certain amount aside I highly recommend having it directly deposited from your check so you don't even have to deal with it and you kind of forget you ever had that $200 Mm -hmm. coming in. Um, And also working with whether it's Fidelity or however it is that you manage your 401k accounts and things like that, have it immediately invest in other, whether that's like the S&P 500 or like index funds because essentially smarter people who work in it every day (laughs) invest your money for you. Um, And it's just a really good way of hands-off investing in you and kind of passive income, which is what I highly recommend. Yeah. I was the same way. I like had a debit card and like same, like, like only thing I had done was like transfer money from my debit account that my parents managed (laughs) into my savings account. And like I had a couple summer jobs, but it just like went straight into my savings and I recently read I Will Teach You To Be Rich by Ramit Sethi, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. highly recommend. Um, but one of the things that I think and you talked about was getting my money to a place where it literally is fully functioning. And any for me, I'm like an impulsive spender and mm-hmm. I know that. And that's like a flaw of mine. But I have structured my life in a way that any money that lands in my on my card is spending money and so Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily like I made a budget sheet to understand my budget yeah but I don't 
itemize my budget and I'm like, yeah. this is free spending money and that's helped me a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, just like with my ADHD impulsivity, like micromanaging my finances. And yeah. it, it, you think that you have to micromanage it, but you really don't. You, you just don't. have to set it up. That's yeah. the biggest thing. That's the whole thing with passive income. You just yeah. set it, forget it. And it's making money for you, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also an impulsive buyer, so <laughs> I need to like just immediately put it into those accounts and never touch it. Mm-hmm. Um, so also a rec I would give is, especially for women reading or listening in, Mrs. Dow Jones on mm. Instagram, um, one of my favorite financial advisors. She really tailors her content to young women and how to set yourself up for success. Um, she has a program I'm pretty sure you can follow, which really oh, gets cool. in depth mm-hmm. on personal finance, but I haven't taken it, so I can't speak to it, but mm-hmm. she's just great. She like, honestly, I watched a lot of her videos and through that made financial decisions that have yeah. to date been very beneficial for me. Yeah. Do you sit down like every week or every month and review your financial spending or, or, and you're like, Oh fuck, I actually went way over budget here or mm-hmm. I'm not saving enough here. Or is everything kind of like Jordan where it's like set it and forget it. Like everything's automated. Yeah. So I, I honestly don't look at it on any kind of schedule. Um, I, at the beginning of any year, basically, like kind of around tax season, ironically, Mm -hmm. trying to understand how much money I need basic to live. Mm -hmm. And then how much I need, I think spending wise, anything else that I think I actually can afford to save, I do. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's moments like I'll go on a big trip and I'll pull money out of my savings account. There are times when you do have to like (laughs) kind of shoot yourself in the foot, if that makes sense. But like, you can't always save and that's yeah. totally okay as well. But I think anyone who's taken econ or any kind of business class, um, like the compound interest effect of just leaving money, um, is truly impressive. Mm-hmm. Like if you have a certain amount of money when you're 22 in your bank account versus when you're 32, it is exponentially different when you're 65 and retiring. Mm-hmm. Um, and isn't it true that it's like it's more about the time invested mm-hmm, yeah. than it is about the amount Even if invested? It's just Fifty yeah. bucks a month, twenty bucks a month. Yeah, like, yeah whatever you small. can. It doesn't Don't... need to be a thousand bucks a month. Yeah. It could literally be anything. Exactly, it, and like you said, it's time, not the amount. So it's actually better to invest a hundred dollars every single month from the time you graduate college than invest a thousand dollars a month when you're thirty-two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. And ultimately, I just think it'll set you up to be in a place where you can buy a home and you can stop renting. You can invest in certain items that like mm-hmm. we as a society may need, whether that's like a car or um, like your education mm-hmm. and set yourself up so that on a rainy day, if it ever occurs, you have a backup yeah. and you have money. Um, but yeah, I think that's my Mm-hmm. That's a really advice. good one. Yeah. We'll Thank you so much. <laughs> I know. Yeah, maybe we'll have you on for a personal finance episode. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Yeah. Thank you. Hi, Liz. Hi. We have Elizabeth Hook, and she's going to tell us a bit about her post grad experience. So, Liz, do you want to start off with what you do for a living? I am a cinematographer. Um, I'm freelance, so I'm cinematographer, photographer, uh, digital utilities crane technician, whatever job comes my way, however I can get paid. 
Um, but the ultimate goal is cinematographer, like big league feature film cinematographer. So that's what I'm doing as of now. And what is one thing you have learned post-graduating? Since graduating, um, I worked on a film over the summer, Killers of the Flower Moon, and uh, my boss was amazing. His name was Rodrigo Prieto. Every day was amazing with him. And then I had a secondary boss who I very much had to respect and take orders from, and he was a nightmare. Just one of the worst people I've ever met, and I had to work for him for six months. Like, not even with him, just for him. And uh, so I think the greatest thing I learned was through those six months, I figured out how to tolerate people like that and how to be respectful even though you are not being respected and that's a really tough area because like how do you stand up for yourself but how do you also keep your job (laughs) Um, so and like when do you get to a part a point when you want to report something if it's really that bad and like I think that was always something I struggled with because on film sets men like to swim in the blurry lines and so Mm You never know if you're overreacting and you reporting them is going to really fuck up their whole life. So, like, mm-hmm. if you're going to do that, you got to make sure you know it. And this guy over the summer was really tricky. Like, everything he did was very a matter of opinion. And so, for the first two months, I just cried every time he yelled at me. He would just, you know, literally be like, fuck you. You know, like, really gnarly, like, just to my yeah. face. Like, how about, like, you come help out when you're done being useless? Like, that's stuff he would just project at everyone in my department. And I finally got to a point where I realized, because he's military and he's, you know, he's being so tough and so hard-headed, he's not going to hear anything you say anyways. You can't show emotion too hard in front of them, but you also can't roll over because they'll never respect you. And so um, I guess the thing I've learned is that instead of crumpling when someone gets aggressive with you it's like get excited about the training opportunity and like every jab he gave I you know had my new try at a comeback or my new try at whatever and like sometimes it was too far and I got totally you know yelled at and sometimes it was like perfectly annoying or whatever it is and it's just um but I think it's a good mix of sarcasm and seriousness where he'd yell at me and then I'd go yes, sir, absolutely, will not happen again, copy that, would you like me to do anything else while I'm at it? You know, like, speaking so much at him, but, like, he can't yell at me for that. You know, Mm -hmm. like, I'm being nothing but part of the game, you know? And so I guess the greatest thing I learned was instead of crumpling to really look at difficult people and not pity them, because that sounds bad, but, like, just feel bad for the fact that they have to be that angry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They have to be, like, when people honk at me, like, I'm like, sucks well, for I you. I think his <laughs> actions are so much more a reflection of his own insecurity and, like, poor inner and, like, emotional world. Yeah, <laughs> he has, yeah like, like, how sad. That's how he speaks to, like, a 24-year-old girl. Yeah. Like, you know? <laughs> and I think it's so hard in the work. It's a good lesson to learn early in your career mm-hmm. how to deal with grumpy old men and women, yeah. <laughs> but mostly men, but also men. <laughs> yeah, no, because you have to learn how to stand up for yourself. Otherwise, you'll get walked all over. Yeah. So it's it's really hard, and it's important to learn young. So I want to like that you kind of match the energy, but you gave no room for, like, misinterpretation. So even though you were mm-hmm. kind of being sarcastic and, like, snarky in your response, you were giving him what he wanted. You were matching his energy and his tone, mm-hmm. yeah. and you were just doing the right thing you're like yeah here i'll do it are you gonna get more amount of me for like saying yes so i think that's that's really amazing yeah good job Liz. and another one is changing the word gossip to sharing you know (laughs) 
Like, he did some fucked up shit. Like, I would tell people. You know, I'm like, I'm not reporting him, but like, you know, I'd walk over to my friend and be like, I had this girl, Sophie, who I just kind of bounced everything off of on set, and I was like, Trevor just said this to me, and it was completely out of line and ridiculous, and like, I just, you know, I don't know why people can do that. And then she'd be like, yeah, I know, right? And like, every single person on set knew how he was acting, because I was not afraid to talk about it, because my thought was... Stop acting like that if you're afraid of people finding out. Yeah. So, a hundred percent. Yeah. So it's um that was a big a big thing is like to stop feeling bad about stuff that's Sharing. out of my control. Yeah. Like you just gotta kind of talk back. Do you think he ever started to respect you towards that? Did he like change his behavior at all? No. Um. <laughs> I think he was like so over it. Like yeah. the last two months, he just kind of avoided me. Like he gave me less tasks, and he. Just was, like, I think tired of bullying me. Like, mm-hmm. and that was a win. Like, it was kind of hilarious. Like, I'm like, <laughs> you're so over your own shit that you just can't do it anymore. Yeah. And, like, at the end of the show, it was really the last day, like, every other person I passed was like, bye, it was so great working for you, or, like, working with you. And, like, all of us, like, every department, all of us were so chummy. And, like, no one was saying goodbye. It was so nice to work with you to him. And I, yeah. even if that's not what he wants or that's not what he's seeking... It was a big thing at the end where I'm like, it sucks more to be him than to be treated badly by him. You know, like, and that's... good lesson. Good learning. Yeah, that is a really good one. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> hey, Zoe. Hey, everyone. My name is Zoe. I live in Denver currently, and I am currently working at a big consulting firm. Um, I'm in strategy supply chain, and I'm in the retail consumer product industry working for QVC fun what is one thing you have learned since graduating so I think within college it's definitely a bubble and you spend a lot of time kind of finding your place and finding your friends and part of that um, similar to high school is being someone who you feel like fits in and, and maybe sometimes you make sacrifices on who you are as yourself to kind of fit the mold um, and especially at USC There is a specific type of bubble that can kind of be a little bit restricting, especially as you're trying to find yourself. And college is a really big time to find yourself. And Mm so one of the things that I did once I graduated was I kind of reflected a little bit and thought about who I wanted to be and like what really was me and like what I wanted to do. And so now when I do things and who I hang out with and the relationships I invest time into... Um, and the experiences I take a part of, I really make sure to check in with me to make sure that it's kind of aligned with like what I see for myself and who I am. And by doing that, I feel like I've just been a lot more grounded and I've formed friendships and relationships, um, outside of college that have been really meaningful to me. And like my life as a a whole has just been more happy and better and centered Mm -hmm. because of that. So I guess the one thing I've learned is that as hard as it is sometimes, it is important to really stay true to yourself because if you spend time being someone you're not, it's going to just become across as really inauthentic and your life is going to feel inauthentic. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah. And it's like cognitive dissonance. Like if you're living a life that you don't really believe in, Mm -hmm. it's like harder to keep that up and you're like going to be confused all the time. And I think you make such a good point. Like you're going to draw in what you put out. So Mm -hmm. if you're like putting out like confidence and happiness and like you're gonna bring that back to you was there anything you did like like did you ever like literally sit down and like journal or did you just kind of think through it like how did you ask yourself those questions and really like get to the root of who you were yeah and this was this one was a tough one for me um 
I'm not, I have never been, and I don't think I will be. I mean, I might, I might want to try it, but I'm not a journaler or write, write down or like put down somewhere. I kind of mm-hmm. just, I think that I spent a lot of time just thinking in my own head. And I also started going to therapy and like mm-hmm. talked to a therapist. So verbally was expressing some of these thoughts. And I think just being honest with myself and sometimes having that tougher internal conversation, whether it's writing it down or talking it out, was really what got me there. Um, just, just being pretty frank and yeah. being like, are you happy? And is this what you really want? And I moved to a new city or, well, it was back home, but I'd never lived in Denver. And I mm-hmm. had a couple handful of friends from high school, but didn't really have like a solidified group there. And I And it's kind of a way to start over, right? So when yeah. I got there, I was like, okay, like, what do you want your life in Denver to look like? Um, and I think I really manifested that. And by doing so, I've I've been able to somewhat successfully create that for myself. Yeah, I like I, that. People always say that college is the best four years of your life. But I've, I think that's so wrong. College is so confusing. You're not really coming into yourself quite yet. And there's a lot of pressure to be a certain type of person, especially if you're in Greek life or certain clubs, that you can just feel pressured to be someone specific that maybe you're not. And while graduating is tough and there's a lot of loss and grieving there, it's also, there's a new sense of freedom where you don't have to surround yourself with some people that you don't want to. Like, regardless, you had a good friend group in college, but there's Mm -hmm. still a lot of surrounding people who, like, you just have to see because they're Mm -hmm. in your classes or, like, they're at the same bars that you go to, like, and in co- and after college, you don't have to see anyone that you don't want to see. <laughs> like, yeah. you can really just create a friend group and, you know, people who see you for who you are instead of, like, feeling mm-hmm. any sort of pressure. And that's not really talked about enough. I think people just talk about the loss of it. They don't talk about the freedom that you gain with it, too. Yeah, and... Don't get me wrong. When I when I talk about my life after college, I cherish the four years that I had mm-hmm. at USC and all of the friends that I have um, and still have from that experience. I just think that, like you said, you really have the ability post-college to choose. And so you can, I think, taking lessons learned from that college time, you can kind of apply that to your life as an adult and, you know, going forward for many years to come. Um and just be intentional about who you hang out with. And the social pressure has gone. Like, I feel like everyone kind of grows up and is realistically, yeah. like, more of an adult. And some people I've even reconnected with, um, like, from college or even high school where there were, like, weird tiffs or, like, things that happened. And it just doesn't really matter anymore because you kind of realize, like, they are all such small, trivial things. And, yeah. like, as an adult, you can, like, the social pressures and the expectations are kind of just, they come down a little bit um, yeah so it's nice awesome well thank you so much for sharing yeah okay <laughs> hi ali hi everyone my name is ali um super excited to be here with jordan autumn my two favorite gals um i know that we're talking about sort of our transition out of college and what we're doing now um so just to get started i work as a financial analyst for some private wealth management teams um super interesting i'm liking um, it <laughs> What is one thing you've learned post-graduating? One thing that I've learned and definitely am focusing on, because if you know me personally, you'll know that I'm sort of a creative person and I'm inspired by a lot of like thoughtful conversation and being in a position that's very analytical is kind of contradictory to that. So one thing that I really focused on since graduating is finding ways to tie in some of that creativity back into my life outside of my typical like nine to 10 hours working every day. 
And I think that I've really established a really good balance for myself, which can be difficult at times because you get so caught up in here is my job that I do. And then I want to be healthy and take care of myself and see friends and also prioritize like everything else going on. And it can be a little bit of a struggle to balance those priorities. Um, so one thing I've really focused on is just being intentional with my time and making sure that I bring passions and like I said, some of that creativity back into my life um, and other faucets outside of my typical work job, because I do have a very numbers driven brain, which is what got me to this position um, in my career. And I'm very excited by it, but I do also love to paint and I love to write and I love to read and dance and do yoga and like all of these other things outside of just being an analyst. So yeah, yeah, that's like one of the main things. I think we talked about this yesterday, but mm, the more things that I add to my outside of work life, the happier I am with my job because I put mm-hmm. less pressure on my job to fulfill every need that I have. Yeah. And I think that's been like really great. And I think a lot of people struggle with their first jobs and they feel like they're really not happy. Mm-hmm. And it could also be because you just aren't really living a balanced lifestyle. Do you have like specific things that you do to bring creativity back in your life? Yeah. So one thing just to allude off of that, um, a lot of friends and coworkers and just people that I've talked to after graduation feel like their career kind of takes up their whole life and like mm-hmm. get in this rut and just put a lot of pressure on it too, because that's sort of the newest thing and mm-hmm. what you're supposed to be excelling at. Um, and sometimes just taking a step back and recognizing, like you said, like, that's not the only thing of who you are. That's not what you need to do all day. And then once you take a step back and reground yourself to who you want to be and who you feel like the most, I don't know, happy with, yeah. um, is by doing these other things to introduce. So, um, like you said, I just, I love to cook and I love to bake. So mm-hmm. when I finish work, I usually go do like a little bit of yoga or I do a little workout just to take care of myself. Um, I love to cook with friends, especially I love to cook for people. So that's mm-hmm. one that I love to do. And then on the weekends, like I'm sure that other people have talked about this in the podcast as well, but you can feel pressure because once you're logged off of work, like now's when the fun begins. Now you get to yeah. go out and see your friends and meet new people and be in the new city that you just moved to. And that's all really exciting. But at the end of the day, like the relationship that you have with yourself is the most important. And so mm-hmm. you just need to constantly feed that. And maybe that means that you don't join brunch and instead you like go on a really long walk and listen to a podcast or call your mom or mm-hmm. <laughs> do just the little things that continue yeah. to ground you. Was there a certain moment where you were like, oh, fuck, I need to do more than just rely on work? Like, I need more hobbies. I need more me time. Or was it just kind of a gradual realization? Like, at what point were you like, ah, I need a little more? Fortunately, like, I've practiced balance throughout my whole life. And that's probably one of the things I'm most proud of myself for is Mm -hmm. just, like, constantly keeping my head straight and focus on the things that are going to uplift me. So once I started my career, I just made sure that I was going to introduce those little bits back into my life. Um... But then I think there was a certain point where I got sort of like socially overloaded Mm -hmm. and just needed to like take that step back again to remind myself who I am and what I like to do. And I don't know, then it makes those other small social moments even more fun because Mm -hmm. you can be your like best version of yourself for the people you're around. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think in college you have so much flex time. And then all of a sudden you graduate and you're like, I have no flex time. Like I have to fit (laughs) my workout, my creativity, my social time, my productivity, like all in this like after work time and Mm -hmm. it gets so stressful, but there is a balance. Yeah. And kind of similar to that too, is when you're in college, your one job is to learn like how cool you get four years just to learn everything that you're like from professors and students and just random discussions. And that's another aspect of like outside of your job. You just want to make sure that you're continuing to educate yourself. Mm -hmm. So I think that comes into staying up to date with the news and reading a lot and 
um, just sort of challenging yourself intellectually in other ways outside of your role as well. So, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Hey, I'm Maddie. Um, I work in consulting right now for a technology implementation firm specializing in the entertainment industry. Amazing. Hi, Maddie. Welcome. Thank you. What is one thing you've learned since graduating college? I think the biggest takeaway from graduating college was that we had such an amazing friend group in college and like everyone was so banded together. Everyone was so intertwined. Everyone did everything together all the time, literally Mm -hmm. everything. And it was awesome. Like I was so happy, love our friends and it was so fun. And then I think going into college, we all kind of split up, but there was a group that kind of stayed together and they went to San Francisco. And like, I think watching them continue to kind of get to have that environment was really hard, especially during COVID because we couldn't like make new Mm -hmm. friends and like LA is kind of harder to meet people too because I feel like people moved to like SF or people moved to New York and people like in LA, at least we went to USC, like people had friend groups to find Mm -hmm. and like all of kind of like our close friends didn't stay in LA. So I feel like at first I was trying to like cling and like I would like go up there a lot or like always be texting and calling and like trying to like stay a part of like that because it felt so good to have that in college. But then I felt like I was exhausting myself and like obviously couldn't keep up because I'm not there. And like, Mm -hmm. I can't like be in the know of everything all the time. And so I feel like I had to kind of accept, like, I need to make my life here, Mm -hmm. figure out what my priorities are. And I feel like through doing that, I kind of figured out like what actually lights me up, like individually Mm -hmm. from other people. I think when you're around great people, it's easy to have fun Mm -hmm. and to feel like you're lit up. But it's, like, not necessarily the activities that are lighting you up so much as the energy of the people. Mm-hmm. And we have such good people, and that's awesome. But, like, reflecting and being like, oh, what makes me happy actually isn't going out maybe all the time or, like, isn't, like, I don't know. We just used to drink. So it's always <laughs> drinking. That's kind of all we did. <laughs> and it was in fun environments. And I still like to drink and, like, go out and everything. But I also, like, love walks and I love hiking. I also, like, was never alone in college for more than mm-hmm. a second. And I think when I was younger, I had a really good – I'm an only child, so I was, like, really good at being alone. And then in college, like, we were never alone, ever. Ever. And I was, like, so hyper-dependent on everyone. And I think being, like, oh, I actually love being alone. Like, in Mm -hmm. the morning, like, I tell my boyfriend, I'm, like, don't talk to me for an hour. Like, we wake up, I'm, like, bye. Space. Like, yeah. yeah, I love being alone. I love, like, doing my things. And I feel like I've gotten to a point now where I, like, know what I need every day. And, like, I'm good at prioritizing that. My roommates, too, like, complimented me. Like, last week we were doing, like, three adjectives to describe everyone. And they were, like... You're really, like, independent in that you Mm -hmm. know what makes you feel good and you prioritize that. And so I think – I don't know that I, like, wish I had done it more in college because I was having so much fun. But I think realizing that that's important as you get older and you're not in this group mentality is really Mm -hmm. important. Yeah, I feel the same way, like, with – for me, like, with my drinking, I don't feel like I would have done it any other way in college. But, like, it still is so nice to learn your boundaries. And I think – being alone and being comfortable being alone is a muscle and that's something that I didn't know until I graduated and then you realize like the more you do it the more comfortable you are and then all of a sudden you're like oh now I'm seeing like yeah what what really is making me happy not just like I'm in a fun situation so everything's good right and and you see it like I saw like all the like our friends on social media so of course it looks like they're having like the time of their lives and they're all so happy and they're all together and like yes, they have a great time and they do so many fun things. And like, I'm sure it's, I would be happy and like fun, like living with them. But at the same time, like no one is also like always happy and doing all Everyone has their own hardship too. They don't put that on the internet mostly. But I think in, I used to think that you find yourself in college. Right. But we were too busy 
always together. I never actually thought about me. I was never actually figuring out who I was or what I wanted, but I thought that I did. So graduating, I also thought like, I know what I want and what right. I like. But then fading out from like having that group all the time, I was like, what the fuck? I never spend time alone. I actually don't know what I like. And so I think having that time alone to really be introspective and figure out what makes you happy instead of like, what's just fun in a group setting for you yeah. is so important. And it's really, it's really hard and confusing to navigate all of it. And I think what you're saying too, like in college, I'm like, looking back, I feel like I was like the happiest I was, ever was. Cause it was like friends and fun and activities. And you were always being productive. Cause like all you had to do was like go to class. That was like Learn. all you had to do. Like it wasn't like now where it's like, what job is, what career, like what am I doing with my life? Mm-hmm. And so feel like I was so distracted, like you're saying, like we were just mm-hmm. distracted. So my mental health was really great, honestly, but it's because yeah. I wasn't having to deal with anything. And I was like, oh my God, I'm like healed. Like I don't have like bad thoughts about food. <laughs> I don't have bad thoughts about like all this other stuff. And then like COVID. And I was like, oh, it's in there. It's in there. <laughs> it was just like pounded down with like partying and fun. And it's like, it doesn't go away. It's like, you have to deal with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like it's a process obviously, but we're getting there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for sharing. Thanks for having me.